What's up? Hey, thanks so much for joining me today on The Shaleen Show. Welcome. If this is your very first episode, if someone sent you this episode, you can assume one of the following. Either they are working on their own ability to be a better listener. They're asking you to hold them accountable to that. They're asking you to evaluate their ability as a listener. Or perhaps they're suggesting that there are some things you could work on in terms of your listening skills because they love you and they want to improve your relationship. They want to improve the way the two of you communicate. Sounds like a good thing if you ask me. And that is what we're going to talk about today, how to become a better listener. It's something I'm definitely working on. And dang, it's not easy, man. So much of our communication style is habitual. I mean, we've been practicing it for years. How old are you? That's how many years you've been likely practicing your communication style. But I'll bet you've noticed the way you communicate with certain people is very different. Like in certain environments, you become really quiet. In other environments, you have to do all the talking and you have to like pull the information out of the other person. Well, we're going to address all of that with some pretty simple tips, some things that are going to be easy for you to remember to help you break the bad habits and create some good ones. Let's get to it. By the way, this episode of The Shaleen Show is sponsored by our good friends at Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shaleen for 20% off all of your products. Why Organifi? Well, for one thing, everything is 100% USDA certified organic. That's huge. Less than one gram of sugar. And this is a company that knows how to make health taste great. 11 superfoods and compounds for your brain health are found in my favorite Organifi product, which is called Pure. And by the way, they just came out with a, what do you call it, like a canister version of the Pure. They also have these really super convenient individual packs, but I love the canister because I tend to put Pure in at least two or three of my water bottles per day. It's amazing because it is clinically proven to boost BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, by up to 142%. I know many of you struggle with brain fog. You struggle with your memory. Maybe you have ADHD. And this is a wonderful way to improve the gut-brain access. This is a way for your memory to work faster, to stave off dementia, forgetfulness. And it kind of tastes like my lemon-ginger mix that I used to make from scratch, except it's way more convenient and I don't have to spend an extra hour in the kitchen. That's my favorite product, but they've got a ton of them. I mix the Pure and the Immunity together. They've got some great products for PMS support, like Organifi Harmony. You can support the show, which I really appreciate, and try the products yourself with 20% off by going to Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shaleen. Okay, so this weekend, actually on Friday night, I asked my Instagram audience, what has you upset right now? What one problem, if you had a magic wand, would you make it go away? What one thing are you struggling with? And I mean, there are a lot of very specific things, but I would say overwhelmingly, my audience, which I hope that you are a part of this community, shared with me that they are struggling in many of their relationships, whether it's a work relationship, friend, family, romantic partner, significant other, which got me thinking a little philosophical. It's interesting that we learn all of these things to be a successful human, but ultimately we want to be happy. And no matter how successful you are financially, no matter how great your house looks, no matter 
how strong your relationship with your faith is, no matter how much you enjoy your hobbies, all of these things. If your relationships are off, like everything feels off. And the cornerstone of most relationships is communication. And the cornerstone of communication is listening. So where did you learn to listen? We didn't really learn it in school. What we learned in school was to be silent and wait our turn. Most of us learned listening through modeling, like one of our parents or our parents, our family dynamic, like that's where you learned communication. You may have been raised in a household where only one voice was heard. It was the most dominant, scary person in your household and no one else was ever heard. Or maybe you were raised in a household where only the loudest people were heard and everybody learned to talk over each other and to yell and to be more dominating and boisterous and whoever could be the most commanding was a person who was therefore heard. In which case, you learned only to hear or to filter based on volume and intensity. Because of the dysfunction of communication that's oftentimes passed on from generation to generation in our own households, it's not uncommon for you to have learned that you're never going to be heard that your voice isn't worth hearing, and therefore you've gone most of your life accepting relationships where your voice doesn't get heard, or never learning how to communicate in such a way where people actually hear you, because everyone listens differently. The way you speak to each person needs to be different because each and every person, every audience listens differently. It's why With some people, you can give them a lot of detail and they're hanging on every word of it. And there are other people, if you're paying attention, you recognize they're not listening for the same things, that they don't want the same kind of detail. And so you figure out what pieces to filter to them and what is the most important, significant pieces to give them so that they actually continue to listen. Because there are some people in some circumstances where you didn't learn those filters. So you give way too much information to all listeners because you've never learned that people listen differently. You're just so excited that you've got the floor, that you've got the microphone, that you just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and you give all the details, but yet you still are wondering why, even though you've talked for a long time, you still don't exactly feel heard. You don't feel like they were listening. And you know what? You're probably right. It's a little bit on them, but it's a lot on us. It's learning that we have to speak differently to different people. So what is listening? Listening is different than hearing. Like we can hear all kinds of things. And you know this to be true because you've said something to a person before and had them come back and repeat basically what you said or what they say you said. And you're like, that's not at all what I said. Or Yeah, you got the first sentence of it, but you missed the really important part. You missed the biggest piece. You missed it. And this is even more complicated when we throw text messaging into this. Have you ever sent somebody like a really long, deep, heartfelt text message and they get hung up on the first sentence, the most irrelevant, unimportant sentence of the whole thing? And you're just like, did you not read the book that I just sent you? Like, you just skipped all the important parts. We've all had this happen, and that is also a form of listening. It kind of doesn't matter whether it's a voicemail message, talking to somebody in person, or text messaging. We all filter what it is we hear through our own personal experiences. 
So let's start with some of the most common ways that we listen. Experts agree that we are usually one of the following types of listeners. And I just want to point out that I think the type of listener that you are kind of depends on who it is that is talking. I know there are certain people that I am a better listener for, and then there are people who I listen with a bias. Okay, well, let me describe the different types of listeners there are. There is listening to respond, like waiting for your turn to just like say something. There's listening to support someone. There's listening to position, either to position yourself in the place of authority or to position yourself to one up or listening to position yourself as the person who's most intelligent or who needs the most care or who needs the most attention. And so listening to position yourself means that you're listening for evidence. You're listening for that moment where you can kind of substantiate or reinforce your position. There's listening to find a place to turn it back to yourself. That's called listening to shift. You're just listening for that moment where you can shift it back to you. All right. So before you start thinking of everybody else, let's start with a little self-reflection. So what type of listener are you with your romantic partner, assuming you have one? What type of listener are you when it's your kids? What type of listener are you when you're talking to someone who has very different political views than you? What type of listener are you when you're talking to someone who's in the same field or feels like competition for you? What type of listener are you when it's your best friend? What type of listener are you when it's someone who rubs you the wrong way, you just don't like them? What type of listener are you when you're listening to somebody who shares too many details, goes on and on and on, and just doesn't have the ability to pick up on the cues? They're oversharing. They're giving you too many details. They're giving you information that's irrelevant or you didn't ask for. Where we are the worst about listening is where it's most important for us to be good listeners. And that's often where our relationship is the closest, right? The people that we're the most comfortable with are the ones where we become oftentimes complacent. And so we also have this confirmation bias where I don't have to listen that closely because I know what they're going to say. I already know how they feel. I already know their opinion. I already know I can finish their sentences for them. Have you ever been with someone who just doesn't let you finish? In fact, they will interrupt you mid-sentence and finish your sentence for you and not exactly in the way that you had intended. Like they assume they know what you're going to say next. And that complacency, that confirmation bias doesn't allow us to really hear what people are going to say. Like even your partner, maybe you've been with your best friend, let's say for I don't know, 15, 20 years. So you think you know them so well, but what we miss is the fact that people change. All of us, we want to be heard. Actually, we want more than to just be heard. We want to be understood. In fact, communications experts call this the key, the golden rule to listening is listening to understand. It's not listening to respond. It's not listening to position. It's not listening to finish someone's sentence. It's not listening so that we can one-up. It's not listening so we can solve your problem. It's not listening so that I can turn it back to me and tell you a story about me. And even though that sometimes feels like we're understanding someone by saying like, oh, so that happened with your dog. Well, I had a dog that happened with one time too. Like it feels as if what we're doing 
is showing the other person that we understand by sharing our own experience. But in fact, what we're doing is shifting it back to ourselves. And I know personally, that's one thing I'm guilty of. I'm guilty of trying to find that common ground so that this person believes that I understand what they're saying. But in preparing for this episode, it really helped me to understand that I don't need to share my own experience. I just need to listen. In his book, How to Be Heard, Secrets for Powerful Speaking and Listening, Julian Treasure uses the acronym RASA, R-A-S-A, which stands for receive, meaning first to receive the information. And it is said that we can't listen and multitask at the same time. You can't be present to actually hear all of the words and to understand someone and be doing something else at the same time. It's just impossible. You'll get part of the message. You might hear the message, but you won't truly understand the message if you're doing something else. So the first letter R stands for receive, like receiving the message. The A stands for appreciation or to appreciate the message, which really is another way of thinking about understanding it, right? Like, so in order to appreciate something, that doesn't mean that I agree with it. doesn't mean that it's something that I would do. It doesn't mean that it's the way I look at something, but I can appreciate it means that I've understood it. I've tried to see it from the other person's perspective. The S stands for summarize. I love that. And another thing he says in his book is think about the word summarize as to say, so what you're saying here, it's almost like to paraphrase. And I can't remember if it was in his book or another book that I read in preparation for this episode called You're Not Listening by Katie Murphy. Ooh, so good. By the way, you always know that when I say I read a book, you know I actually listened to it, right? <laughs> I often will buy the hard copy of a book, but only if I've first listened to the audio. There's a few exceptions. I had an author on last week, Hormone Intelligence. That book, you definitely need to get the hard copy. But more often than not, I'll listen to the audio. And then if I feel like, okay, this is so, so, so good, I know I'm going to refer back to it, then I buy the hard copy. Anyways, You're Not Listening is the book by Katie Murphy. And I can't remember which of these two authors said it. But one of them remarked that when we paraphrase what someone has just said to us, in essence, what we're doing is processing the information. We're summarizing it. So it's such a good idea. And I know you've heard this phrase before. If you want to be a great listener, listen to what the person says. And then rather than responding or relating to something that happened to you or trying to fix the problem or trying to one-up or turn it back to you. Don't do any of those things. Instead, make sure you understand what it is the person is trying to explain to you. And this is really important for kids too. Man, if you can make your kids feel heard, whoo, what that will do for their ability to be great communicators. I have to say, mom and dad, Marge and Bill, they did such a phenomenal job of this. I don't know if both my brother and sister feel that way, but man, I feel like they really did such a good job of letting us have a voice and making sure that we felt understood. You've likely heard before that a good phrase to use is, so if I hear what you're saying and then just kind of paraphrasing what they've just said, I like that. But like when someone does that with me, I always feel like, hmm, this person's been to a lot of therapy. Like it doesn't feel natural. Like that's just not something... I would naturally say I have to be like really calm and really think through it. So it feels a little calculated for me to say that. 
But I've got myself in the habit of saying, okay, so what you're saying is like that feels more natural or okay. So if I'm getting this right, if I understand, like just keep it simple and you can use their exact language. You don't have to put a spin on it, but just doing that, just summarizing it helps you to process. So there's the R, receive the A, appreciate the S, summarize. And the last A is for ask. So summarize and then ask follow-up questions. Ask more questions. Not everyone listens the same way. I bet you know someone right now who never asks a follow-up question. I'll bet you know someone who never shuts up. In order to listen, you have to shut up. And Grandma Jean right now would be rolling over in her grave because to say shut up was like worse than the F word for her. So I feel like really guilty right now that I just said the SH word. So instead, I'm going to say close your mouth. Like literally, we have to be okay with just closing our mouths and being silent. I know for me, especially with my ADHD, man, when I'm around someone who just babbles and babbles and babbles and babbles and babbles, my brain feels like it's going to explode, especially if I'm trying to concentrate, if I'm trying to do something. It can be anything if I'm trying to exercise or write down notes or send a text message. If there's somebody just babbling, just like they can't allow for a moment of silence. That's such an American thing. To tolerate silence requires confidence. And some people just cannot handle it. If the room is silent, they're worried what you're thinking about them. So I want you to practice that. Catch yourself. The next time you're just continuing to make the sentence go on and on and on and filling the silence with unnecessary details or small talk, catch yourself and ask yourself if you're confident enough, if you're brave enough to endure a moment of silence. One way to know if you're not a great listener is if you notice people tend not to share their problems with you because you immediately launch into solving them. And what if it's this? And what if it's that? And well, I know this person and it's such a helpful, loving thing that you're trying to do. But frankly, unless someone has asked for your assistance, they just want you to listen. They want you to receive the message, to appreciate it, to maybe summarize it, ask a few follow-up questions, and just help them to feel understood. Think back on the last time you were chatting with somebody, maybe a friend, your significant other, someone who you're having a deep conversation with. And when was the last time you were sharing something intimate in hopes that the person you're sharing it with would solve the problem for you? It's often very rare, unless it's your therapist. More often than not, we just need a sounding board. We just want to be understood by the people that we love and trust. We don't need people to solve it or to do better than that or to relate to it or to shift it back to them. I mean, there are certain people in my life, and I'm sure yours too, where I don't even tell them anything of significance that's going on in my life because I don't feel like they're listening. I feel like if I do share those things with them, they're going to try to one-up it, shift it back to them, or solve the problem when I just want to talk about it. That's all. I just want to talk about it. Which brings me to a very important point, and it's this. Most people you know, most people in your life, no matter how much they love you and care about you, no matter how important you are, they are likely very few people in your life who are going to be good listeners. And that is because we don't learn how to do this. 
It's because we're afraid of silence. It's because we feel significant when we can fix things for other people or when we can one up or when we can maintain our position. So it has nothing to do with your significance that others are not great at listening. But here's the good news. We all have the ability to be better listeners. And one of the first places we have to start, especially if you don't feel like people are listening to you, is you have to listen to yourself. What? Yes. You've got to start by listening and paying attention to how you communicate with other people. Are you so excited to have other people's attention? Were you so deprived of having a voice as a child that once you've got people's attention, you want to give so many extra details and you want to drag the story out a little bit longer? If that's going on, you're never going to feel like you're being listened to because you're not filtering the right information to the right audience. You're delivering the same content and delivering the same piece of information to everyone, regardless of the circumstances. You're not thinking about, okay, is this person walking to their car? Did they ask me a simple question? And I've launched into a very complex, overly detailed explanation. Because if you've done so, then the person who's a poor listener is actually you. We have to start by listening to our audience. And Sometimes listening to our audience means paying attention to their body language, being aware socially of the right cues, their facial expressions, the environment, your relationship with that person, their timing, and their intent. What is the intent behind the question that they just asked you? It's being mindful of all of those things and listening with more than just your ears. Sometimes it's listening with your eyes. It's listening with your intuition. It's learning to filter on behalf of the person who's listening. In other words, which details do they need? What helps them? What details do they actually want? Not what do I want to tell them, but what can I deliver to them that they will actually stay engaged and continue to listen? If we want to be heard, if we want to be understood, if we want people to listen to us, we have to start with ourselves. We have to evaluate our audience. We have to ask ourselves, does this person have the desire the need, the interest for these additional details, or do they just need the bare minimum? By starting with the bare minimum and then leaving room for additional questions, now what we're doing is we're actually, as the speaker, we're actually listening to the listener. And in order to be heard, we have to become better speakers. And to become better speakers, we have to pay attention to our audience. We have to figure out what parts are they listening to. Okay, now let's dial this back to your most intimate relationships, like your best friend, your coworker, your significant other, because this is where that breakdown in communications often happens. And it can happen between family members, obviously, too. How do we go about breaking some of these bad habits and developing better ones? Well, first, you start with yourself and you remember two important questions. Number one, to ask yourself, am I listening to understand? Just stop yourself. The next time someone is talking, instead of formulating what you're going to say to sound intelligent, to solve the problem for them, to express an understanding, or even to express a scenario or a situation where that same thing happened to you, instead of doing those things, just listen. Because if we're formulating what we're going to say, we've already stopped paying attention. We've heard the first part of what they have said. And we've made an assumption about where they're going to go with this. And now we're formulating what we're going to say in response to it, which means we're not listening. 
it's perfectly fine to let someone finish and for you to pause. You don't have to immediately respond. No one's going to think that you're less intelligent or less reliable. In fact, people are actually going to look at you and go like, you are an amazing listener. You actually listen. Like take a moment to soak it in. The next time your significant other or this person who you have an intimate relationship with, instead of immediately responding, take a deep breath in. That will signify to the other person that you're appreciating and processing what they've just said. Then in your own words, summarize what they've just expressed to you. And once you have confirmation that the way you've paraphrased or the way you've summarized what they've just said is actually accurate, then ask an additional question. How powerful to instead of solving the problem or one-upping the person or just responding to it or trying to sound intelligent, how powerful for you to understand and care enough to ask a follow-up question, to simply say, how did that make you feel? What did you say? What are you going to do next? How are you feeling? How will you address this? Ask a follow-up question and then another follow-up question. The more questions you ask without thinking about what you're going to say next, the better you're going to get at listening. The world's greatest communicators are not people who do all the talking. They're the people who ask sincerely curious questions. They become insatiably curious about others, and they're listening to the answers. Now, you're a podcast listener, so I know you've listened to podcast interviews where the host isn't really listening. They're waiting for that opportunity to interject and tell their own story, to relate it back to themselves. And sometimes that's kind of interesting because, hello, you're listening to that person's podcast, and that's the person you're probably the most connected with. But I think we've all listened to podcast interviews where it's like, yeah, we know we've heard that story 7,000 times. Will you just let this expert be an expert? Just let them talk. And there are some phenomenal podcasts, I must say, where I can tell the host is a skilled listener. And remember, skill means practice, which means every single person listening to this podcast has the ability to develop that skill, to become a better listener. And when we become better listeners, we become better people. We become better in our relationships. We become better communicators. And becoming a better communicator makes you a better wife, a better mother, a better husband, a better best friend, a better boss. Like you become a better human and you become better in all relationships when you become a better listener. I think that's one of the reasons why the Oprah Winfrey show was so popular for so many. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but I just can't think of someone who's a better listener, more present when listening. I mean, go back and watch some of her old episodes or listen to some of her podcasts and you'll notice she's not waiting for an opportunity to share about herself. And I'm not saying that you can never share your own experiences, but it starts with understanding, appreciating, summarizing, processing really paying attention to what other people are saying, whether it's a written text, an email, a voicemail message, face-to-face, a phone call. We all have the ability to be better listeners and nowhere is it more important than in our most important relationships. And that's where we usually have the worst habits. So what I want you to do is now send this episode 
to three of your best friends and two other people who you have a close connected relationship with. And you'll know that if this was sent to you, it's because somebody loves you and they're going to work on their own communication. And obviously, when both of you do that, the world just becomes a better place and the two of you will become more connected. So if someone was kind enough to forward this episode to you, it simply means that they love you and they want to become a better listener for you. And it certainly wouldn't hurt if you did the same for them. The world becomes a better place when we become better listeners. Listen, I love you for being a listener of The Shaleen Show. I love you. I mean that. And I will talk to you on Wednesday. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.